we ought to rejoice the more. Praise God. I want to thank our pastor and our leaders for the opportunity to share God's word even with us. Tonight I'm speaking on fulfilling your destined purpose. Fulfilling your destined purpose. Tell your neighbor you have a purpose. Make sure you had the response. Say, you have a purpose. And then look into the person's face and say, you must find it. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, can we quickly go to Genesis chapter 26, verse 2. Uh, okay, we can start from verse 1 and read. Genesis 26, uh, verse 1 going. Um, I just want to establish some things. With regards to those of us who are born again, hallelujah, in the light of the fulfillment of our purpose. There are six things concerning purpose I want to talk about, but I want to establish something that I believe is very important to everyone that is saved. Amen. Because a lot of times when we read the scriptures, I don't think I've prayed. Father, we thank you that you are with us in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> The, 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 when we read the scriptures and we see Abraham and the blessings and the promises that God made to Abraham, sometimes it looks very far away from us. Amen. We think that Abraham is just a very distant figure who, you know, has no connection and whose life that, you know, we are supposed to relate to. Amen. Or we also think that, oh, it is through him that Jesus came and that is the only connection. But I want to show a deeper connection to Abraham. Hallelujah. And I want to establish from God's word that every promise that God made Abraham was for you and was for me. Amen. So all the promises to Abraham wasn't to Abraham per se, but it was to us. And I will see from the point of view of the scriptures. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1 going. That's the anchor chapter that we are using. And that chapter is loaded. Amen. There's famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of Philistines, unto Gerah. Take note of that uh, city or place. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down into Egypt. Take note of Egypt as well. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you. Hallelujah. When God appeared to Abraham in Genesis 12, he said the same thing. Go where I shall what? Tell you. Then he says, number three, verse three says, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you. Praise God. So when we respond to God's instruction, he remains with us. He's always with us. And so when we are talking about your destined purpose, it's a journey or a path that you are on to a place that God has ordained. And it's only when you discover that path that you enjoy God's presence to be with you. Amen. And so he says, sojourn in this land and I'll be with thee and will bless you. For unto you and to your seed, I will give all these countries. And I'll perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham, thy father. And then the last one, he says, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven 
and will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Amen. Whenever we are reading the scriptures and the scriptures are talking about someone or somebody. The first question we ask, we should ask ourselves is that how am I connected to this person? How am I related to this person? Because the Bible was written for us. So it means that everything that is written in the scriptures is concerning us. Amen. So Romans chapter 15, Paul says that the things that were written are for were written for our learning. That we through patience and the comfort of scriptures might have hope. Praise God. So it says the things of old, they were written for our learning. So when we are reading about Isaac, we are reading about us. Amen. We are reading about things which have been written purposely for you and I to read and understand and study so that we can understand how God relates to man so that we know how we can also walk with man. Now, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 22, that Abraham had two sons. We know the sons. One is what? Ishmael. And the second one is Isaac. And we know that I, Abraham, um, Isaac was a child of what? Promise. When you say someone is a child of promise, in essence, you are saying the person is a child of prophecy. Because Isaac's birth was prophesied. But the Bible calls him a child of promise. In the same way, when you go to Galatians chapter 4 verse 28, if you can go there. It says, now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Amen. So as Isaac was, so are we. Hallelujah. So if Isaac was a child of promise, then we are also children of promise. And we'll see that shortly. But what does it mean to be a child of promise? It means that you are a child of prophecy. Because with God, his promises are prophecies. And his prophecies are his promises. It's only man who promises. And because man doesn't have all ability. And because man is subject to telling lies and, you know, some way, amen. And so man's promises cannot be prophecy because man doesn't have the ability to always honor his word. But so far as God is concerned, when God makes you a promise, it's a prophecy. Because it, he wouldn't say it if that is not what he has in mind to do it. Hallelujah. So when we say we are children of promise, it means that we are also children of prophecy. Then it's important we understand what prophecy is. So I put here that prophecy is the unfolding and the speaking forth of God's purposes or God's will. So when somebody gives a prophecy, he is revealing what is in the mind of God and he is telling us that. Now why did I go there and why am I talking about all these things? The reason is that everybody who is born into this world is not just walking aimlessly. Hallelujah. Everyone is born with a specific purpose. Hallelujah. And so we need to come to the place where we understand that we are not just coming to work on this earth to add to the number. 
Sometimes when you see the way people live, how there is a wind that blows and, you know, everybody carries or follows along that wind. How there's a new thing that happens and everybody's running after that. It looks like people are aimless. They do not have purpose. Hallelujah. But that is not the mind of God. In the mind of God, everyone that comes into existence has a purpose. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. We'll come back to Isaac shortly. But let's see something in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. The Bible says. It says before. Somebody say before. It says before I formed thee in the womb or in the belly. It says I knew you. So before we even came onto the earth. We were on God's mind already. Hallelujah. And then it says. And before thou comes forth out of the womb. I sanctify thee, and I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. So before Jeremiah will even be born, God had something in his mind. That is his purpose for Jeremiah. Now God is no respecter of persons. So it means that it's not only Jeremiah who is like this. Everybody who is on earth has a purpose that must be fulfilled. Amen. And that purpose is in the mind of God. So when somebody gives you a word of prophecy, all the person is doing is that the person is revealing God's purpose is concerning your life to you. You see, I, I, I put something on Facebook today that men are moved by needs, but God is moved by his purposes. Because a man, when he has a need, then he, he provides, he does something. But God, because... He is the beginning, and because he is the ending. No, he's not at the beginning and the ending, no. He is the beginning, and he's the ending. It means time is immaterial to God. That is why we, the Bible could say that a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day, because time is immaterial. Time has never impressed God, neither has it moved God. Hallelujah. But God made man in time. So everybody who is born on this earth, there is a purpose. And it is that purpose is the mind of God concerning your life. Your ultimate goal for walking on this earth is to discover that which God made you for. Amen. And it's only in discovering that that you find fulfillment on this earth. And as we begin to examine six things about purpose, you realize that it is so important that you die. You don't die without first discovering the purpose of God for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Sears the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope, other version says. Or to give you an expected end. It says, I know the thoughts. When you check the Hebrew for thoughts, it means thoughts, intentions, or purposes. So it means that for everybody who is on this earth, there is a purpose. Hallelujah. So you are not just here to add to the number. I want to stress that. Amen. You are not here just to make a million bucks and rejoice that you are wealthy. Amen. Many believers, that is the mindset that we have about working on this earth. You know, and many people like that, they just want to make more money. So they work hard, very hard, sometimes too hard. 
Amen. And they have a lot of money. And they think that they have a right. But you see, when you haven't found your purpose, you can even have a billion dollars and you will never be fulfilled. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he has set eternity in our hearts. It means that there is a gulf in our hearts that only God can fill and makes us satisfied. And we can only, he will only fill us and make us satisfied when we are walking in his purposes for our lives. When you read the scriptures, there are so many, so, so many wealthy people who were not happy. So many wealthy people who ran into so many problems. Even King Solomon. When he began to deviate from the path of God, the purpose of God, he began to land into many troubles. Now he turned into a philosopher. He said, all is vanity upon vanity. Hallelujah. Because when you are not in God's purposes, you are empty. And I, I, I came to tell you, that's the reason why many people are depressed. And that's the reason why many people walk about with a lot of baggage they carry because they are not pursuing the purpose of God for their lives. But tonight, hallelujah, I came to encourage you that you are not like that. Amen. You will discover your purpose and you will be fulfilled on the earth. Amen. So Isaac was also fulfilling a purpose of God for his life. And you can see that there's even a parable. How God talks about how Jeremiah came into being is the same way God prophesied and God gave a certain idea of Isaac coming into being. So Isaac also had a purpose that he was fulfilling. And but for the purpose of Isaac, who was a child of Abraham, who was supposed to continue the lineage of Abraham, so that through that line, the Messiah will come, there would have been chaos in his life. Amen. And so God was with him. So Isaac is Abraham's seed. Let's look at the promise God made concerning Abraham's seed. Can we go to quickly to Genesis 22, 17 to 18? Genesis 22, 17 to 18. God made a promise about Abraham's seed. 17 says... That in blessing, I will bless you. Hallelujah. So whenever you see this, you should claim it. <laughs> Amen. Because it is ours. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven. And as the sun which is upon the seashore. And it says, and your seed. Somebody say seed. It says, shall possess the gates of his enemy. It means nothing can rise up against you, who is the seed of Abraham, and be defeated. And if you read the life of the Jews in the scriptures, the only time they were defeated, regardless of their numbers, was when they are not working in the purposes of God for their lives. Now, as long as they walk in the purposes of God for their lives, there may be even 300. God will use them to defeat thousands of armies. Hallelujah. And so the promise of Abraham is true. And it's not only for them, as we will see shortly, it's also for us. Amen. Now when he continues, and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. He said, in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. 
See, when you talk about nations, you are talking about groups of people. Gatherings of people. And so it says, in Abraham's seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. It means that if you are a child of God in your family, you, your family must be blessed through you. Hallelujah. It means that when you go to your workplace, it's a group or gathering of people, that workplace must be blessed through you. In fact, someone said that is the reason why believers must make every effort to establish their own businesses because sometimes God blesses those businesses because of us, which is true. Hallelujah. So everywhere you find yourself, the blessing of God is upon you and is upon me because we are the seed of Abraham. And so the believer must not think any less of himself. Sometimes you hear how Jews talk. You hear how Jews live. And I keep wondering, ah, but the Bible says that we have a better covenant founded on better promises. But they are more convinced of the blessing of Abraham than we are of it. Amen. And so sometimes we walk and we say things as if God has forsaken us. One thing that a Jew is always confident in is the covenant that he has with God. No matter where he is, no matter the land, the fall or the situation, he will never break the covenant because he knows so long as he honors the covenant, God will show up. Check Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hallelujah. So long as they were faithful to the covenant, even though the king cast them into the furnace, nothing happened to them. Praise God. So, Say, I am Abraham's seed. Hallelujah. As Isaac was Abraham's seed. So, the promises that God made, he made to Abraham's seed. Now, who is Abraham? What is Abraham's seed? Abraham's seed, the scripture so, refers to two groups of people. The first one is the natural descent of Abraham. That is the Jews. I think I've shared it here before. When you go to 1 Corinthians 10, 18, it calls them the Israel after the flesh. And the second one, Galatians 6, 16, are the spiritual descendants of Abraham. And that is Christ. And I put it by extension, the body of Christ. And it says the Israel of God. So two groups, when it talks about seed, it's actually one person who see. But one person that two groups of people have come together to form that one person. And that one person is the one that all the promises that God was saying to Abraham, God looked through time. And then he was communicating the blessings because of that one person. And so everybody who's a believer must know who that person is. Amen. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3 verse 16. That person is there. Galatians 3.16. says, now to Abraham and his seed, can you see, where the promises made. And, say, and he said unto seeds, as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is what? Christ. Hallelujah. So it means that when God was declaring that blessing on Abraham. What he was seeing was not necessarily the Jews that we see now. He was seeing Christ right through the ages. And that's how God sees. God does not see like we do. You know, we, when we look at the man, we see 
the man. But when God looks at the man, he sees a generation. Hallelujah. If you go to Genesis 23, I believe, when Rebecca, there were two people in the, Rebecca's womb, remember, who were struggling. He says, behold, there are two nations in you. So that's how God sees. And so he looked through Abraham to the end. And when he was given the blessings unto Abraham, it was to Abraham, of course, and to the nation of course. But the target of the blessing of God was Christ. Hallelujah. At this point, who is Christ? Amen. So I put here that Christ stands for Jesus Christ. That's one. But also the whole body of Christ. Amen. Let's see what, what I'm saying. Ephesians 2, 13 to 15. Ephesians 2, 13 to 15. Hallelujah. See, I'm the seed of Abraham. The promises of Abraham are mine. So I am blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you could make that confession every day. And I tell you, your life will be different. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. It's true. That's how the Jews they live. They pick the scriptures and they, they quote it to themselves over and over and over and over again. So they are so convinced of who they are. That, listen, when you put a knife to their neck, they will never deny who they are. Hallelujah. And also the fact of their blessedness. But we are more blessed. Hallelujah. We'll see soon. So Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off. He's talking about us, the Gentiles. He says, we have been brought near by what? The blood of Christ. Thank God for Jesus. Let's go. He says, for he is our peace. Who has made both what? One. He's made both. He's made the Jews and he's made the Gentiles one. So we are one now. And had broken down the middle wall of partition between us. We'll see what that is. It says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. And the sweet part it says, for to make in himself of two one new man. So making peace. Hallelujah. So in Christ, when you say in Christ, you are talking about the Jew and you are talking about the Gentile who have come together to form one new man. Hello? So the blessing of Abraham that God was proclaiming through the ages was towards that one new man. Amen? Let's go to Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 to 29. Should I bring that home? Galatians 3, 28 to 29. So Paul is saying, he says, therefore, following from what we have just learned from Ephesians, he says, therefore, there is neither what? Jew, no, or Gentile or Greek. There is neither born nor free. There is neither not even male nor female. Except for ye are what? One in Christ. Hallelujah. So there is one. And that one is the target of all the blessings of God. And that is you. You have a part in it. I have a part in it. Hallelujah. 29. It says, and if you are Christ's, 
If you are in Christ, if you belong to Christ, he says, then you are Abraham's seed. Hallelujah. If truly you are in Christ, he says, then you are Abraham's seed. If he had ended there, it would have been sweet. But then he says, and as according to the promise. Hallelujah. So every promise of Abraham that you see is yours because of Christ. Hallelujah. So when we go to 22 and it says, in blessing, I will bless thee. He's talking about you. And multiplying, I will multiply thee. He's talking about you. And your seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. He's talking about us. Praise God. Then it says, and in you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Praise God. That is your story and that is my story. So it's not only Isaac who must receive visitations of God to tell him where he must go and where he must not go. You and I also must receive the visitations of God. Because Abraham is as much ours as Isaac, he is for Isaac. Whatever Abraham was to Isaac, he is to us. So Galatians 3 says that even as by faith, Abraham was created with righteousness. So those of us who have faith are the children of Abraham. Praise God. So we are Abraham's seed and you are Abraham's seed. And every promise that has been made in the scriptures is for you and is for me. Praise God. You see, God was looking for a way to rescue the world from condemnation and destruction. And God chose Abraham. Because when you go to Genesis chapter 18 verse 19, he says, I know that Abraham will command all his children after him to follow my commandments. Because Malachi says that God was looking for a godly seed. Meaning he was looking for a line through which Jesus could come and save the whole world. Hallelujah. That if Jesus has come and is that is Abraham's line, then when it talks about the godly seed, it is you and it is me now. Because we are the ones who are in Christ. Jesus has fulfilled his purpose and he's gone. How is God continuing his mandate of rescuing the world? It's through you and it's through me. So Jesus says, those who follow me shall have the light of life. And then he says, ye are the light of the world. Another place he says, I am the light of the world. So as Jesus is, so are we. Praise God. Praise God. That is the ultimate purpose for everyone who is born again. So whenever you get into the scriptures and you see Isaac walking in victory, then you know that that victory is also yours. When you get in the scriptures and you see that Isaac wanted to go somewhere but did not go, you know that you too, it's not everywhere that you can go. Hallelujah. Because you are Abraham's seed. Praise God. It says if we are, then we are heirs according to the promise. Let's quickly see six things about destined purpose. Six things. When we say a purpose, we've seen what it is. And we've seen that Ab Isaac was fulfilling a purpose. But there are six things you see in Genesis 26. That describes Isaac. And the same thing describes you and me. Hallelujah. And the first one is that purpose or destined purpose is God-given. 
So everybody on this earth has a unique purpose. I mean, if it's God-given, then it means it's unique. Hallelujah. So even though it's the mind of God to win the whole world unto himself, it's the mind of God for us to let the light of God in us shine so that men will see and return to God. Hallelujah. There are specific places he wants you to be, to be able to accomplish that. Hallelujah. There are specific things that he wants you to do to be able to accomplish that. There's a specific role that you must play and only you can play. And that is your unique purpose. Unfortunately, sometimes the world confuses ability for purpose. See, the fact that you can do something does not mean that is your purpose. As I stand here, if you give me football, I can play football. But that, may not, that is not my purpose. Hallelujah. I may train very hard and be able to play very hard, but that is not my purpose. Hallelujah. But there's a somebody that God wants to use to touch the footballing world that he has called even before the person was born to the footballing world. And so God will grace him with special ability to play football, but the mind of God and the purpose of God for his life is to touch that world for Christ. Hallelujah. So everybody has his own. Some people have been called into the kingdom full time to do his work. That is God's purpose for their lives. Some have not been called. Hallelujah. The truth is that every purpose is God-given. Then it means that it's unique. Number one. Number two, it means that God has given us the grace and the ability to fulfill that purpose. And so when you go to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, can we go there quickly? Ephesians 2.10. It says, it says, for we are his workmanship. We are something that he made, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Hallelujah. So everybody who has been born again, created in Christ Jesus, there was a reason for God bringing you in. And that is your purpose. So it says, which God prepared beforehand. Can you see that? That we should walk in there. So, you are not just here to add to the number. Hallelujah. There is an ultimate purpose for you and for my life. And as we'll see shortly, you must make sure you don't die without finding it out. Else there will be trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. The second one is that there is a place for the fulfillment of a purpose. And I put here, purpose is location specific. And it's the reason why God quickly came to Isaac and said, do not go to Egypt. Because in the scriptures, when you get into the Hebrew meaning of Egypt, Egypt means double trouble, essentially. Hallelujah. It means that there is an assault or a siege or some limitation, and you are going to experience a double portion of it. So when God came and said, don't go to Egypt, the Lord knew what he was saying. Whereas Gera, Gera means a lodging place. A place where you can stay, you can dwell. Hallelujah. So God said, don't go to Egypt, but remain in Gera. And when you read the scripture, it says, and Isaac dwelt in Gera. When you continue, he sowed. And that same season, he reaped a bountiful harvest. Hallelujah. So your purpose is location specific. 
And you need to find out where God wants you to be. We'll see how you, you do that. Amen. The location is not only a place. As in USA or what? Canada or Ghana or wherever. But it also, could also be a place where you work. There is a place he has positioned you. It could also be the kind of person you marry. It's a place you are going. Hallelujah. So you have to make sure that where you are going, God wants you to go there. That's why you don't just get up and look at appearance to marry. Else you'll be deceived. Because there are some people, I've heard this so many times from a lot of young women. They say, ah. Sometimes they see a very beautiful woman. She's so beautiful. And you wonder, I saw marry such a beautiful woman and maltreat her. And you go and find that the husband is maltreating that woman seriously. And you wonder what's going on. Hallelujah. Maybe that was not God's purpose for her. But she felt, yes, thank you. <laughs> she felt that she was getting old and nobody was coming around. You know, the Bible says there was famine in Isaac's time. So that was a season of famine. And so she felt that, oh, like, you know, we say in Ghana, right now he has, he has become what? Is it buy one, get one free? I don't know how to call it. <laughs> or reduce to clear. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what they say. No, because a person has lost sight that there is a purpose for him or for her. Amen. And one thing about marriage is that before you marry, it is possible that that person it's not God's will for you. But after you marry, whether you like it or not, that person is God's will for you. Because God does not give us room for divorce. Amen. So if you don't follow the leadings of God before you get to that place, and you force yourself into that place, why you think that the place, Hanum Sikao, you know, it's true. Hanum, you know, there's money here, so you want where there's money. Okay, go. Amen. You realize that behind the money are a lot of beatings. <laughs> the, money, the money is a small screen. <laughs> you, you can't see behind the money because that's all you see. Even when you get into the house and there are things that are not going right, you choose not to look at those things. You still choose to see the money. Ah, well. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is a place God has ordained for you. And there's a place God has ordained for me to be. Hallelujah. And our number one priority is to ensure that we are following the leadings of the Lord to that place. Hallelujah. That's why even where you work, you must be guided. Because some people have had strong faith until they found themselves at some workplace. And they found themselves in some creek. And then all the troubles in their lives began. Hallelujah. And gradually they began to lose their faith. So you must be led. Amen. So purpose is location specific. The third thing about purpose is that there are times, or I put in brackets, seasons for the fulfillment of purpose. And if you go to Ecclesiastes 3, 1, we can look at it. The Bible says it. There are times, Ecclesiastes 3, 1. Times. And there are seasons. It says to everything, there is what? A season. And a time for what? Every purpose under heaven. Hallelujah. So there's a time for your purpose. And every purpose goes through seasons. 
seasons. And when you go to Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, it reveals two seasons. There is a season of sowing and there's a season of reaping. In our quest to fulfill God's purpose for our lives, our life will go through these cycles. There are seasons where God wants you to sow. There are seasons God wants you to learn things. There are seasons where God, where God wants to build things in you. Hallelujah. And there are seasons that God wants to lift you. The relationship with God is not going to be only lifting, 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 lifting. If then you're not working with God. Read, this, read about Abraham. Read about Isaac. Read about Jacob. Read about all the people that God used in the Bible. That is that. There is a season of reaping and there is a season of sowing. Hallelujah. So when you are reaping and when you are sowing, the attitudes are different. In fact, Psalm 126, 5 to 6 says what? We sow in tears and we reap in joy. So it means that in a season of reaping, it's a season of rest. Where it tells you, you feel like everything is going all right. You wish that it will be like that forever. But you see, God's purpose is like here. And he must find a way to get you to that place. He can't afford for you to be just satisfied here. So just imagine that the Jews were going. And they were comfortable. He says, go to the promised land. And they got to the middle. They found a nice place. And they were happy. And they remained. Would they have fulfilled God's purpose? No. And God would have given a false prophecy. Because he told Abraham 430 years ago. That this land, walk on it. I have given to your descendants. So that is his purpose. But they had to go through. Sometimes you send enemies at them. So that they will run faster. So sometimes situations will come our way. That will, will compel us to pray. Because some of us, if things don't happen, I bet you very few people are able even to pray for an hour on their own. But let some cockroach pursue them. Hallelujah. You don't know where they get the time from. In fact, it always amazes me. When, when I was in there, I was surprised. Prayer time. You see that many people will not come. When it's like we had a Friday prayer, don't come. But when you see that people are coming, then you know that they have problems. So why must your problem be the one to motivate you to pray? It's an error. Hallelujah. But that is how it is. Many of us, that's how we are. Some will never fast. Even when the church is fasting, they won't fast. But let the, some situation happen at their workplace. They will lock themselves in their room. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, I'm seeking your face. Hallelujah. He must bring these seasons. If he doesn't, we are never going to get to the place he wants us to be. Hallelujah. So, it's not everything that you go through like we learned yesterday. That is the devil doing it. Me, me, I believe many of them is, a, is God who is orchestrating it. Hallelujah. Because some of us, we will not do it. We won't budge. We'll be comfortable where we are. Some of us are in relationships that you know that this relationship is not from God. Hallelujah. And you know that you want to leave. You have to leave the person. But they say, oh, Charlie, I don't know how to. Amen. So in this case, God must step in with something to, you know, some beatings. <laughs> Hallelujah. To drive you out. Because if it doesn't, that purpose for your life will not come to pass. And as I said, God looks at us through our generations. Maybe in your generation, there's someone who will come and change the whole world for Jesus. You don't know. So he has to make sure that where you are going... That is why he wants you to be. Praise God. The fourth thing is that there will always be opposition to purpose. 
Hallelujah. Oh, the amen is weak. <laughs> Hallelujah. There will always be what? Opposition. Listen, no matter who you are, it's so long as you are the seed of Abraham, so long as you are the child of the living God, you are the sworn enemy of the devil. And so he will oppose your progress. He will do everything. But like Helena preached my message when she was leading the prayer, you must persist. So when you go to Genesis 26, 18, 22, even as he was digging the wells, there was opposition. Hallelujah. But he did not give up. Why did he not give up? Because Isaac understood that he was a child of promise. Why did he not give up? Because Isaac understood that he was a child who had received the visitation of God and has been assured of the blessing of God. And so he knew within himself that if he keeps going, regardless of the opposition, the land will break. Eventually, what happened? The land yielded. Hallelujah. The same way with us, no matter what stands in our way, all we have to do is not to give up. In fact, when you give up, you have disgraced God. It's true. So never give, no matter what the situation is. And I always say that no matter what I go through, I will never give the devil the pleasure of my surrender. I always say that. Never, ever, ever. No matter, hey, you may have fallen to sin. Never, never give up. Amen. Because there is a place that God wants you to be. As pastors in your place of glorification. And you must see it. You must get to that place. Amen. The fifth one, let's go to Genesis 37 verse 17. They are always helpers to help us fulfill our destined purpose. They are always helpers. It's one of the reasons why you should never, ever, ever Look down on people. You should never, ever, 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 you know, say negative things about people. Because you do not know who your helper is. Hallelujah. Because the person that you are insulting and you are saying all the negative things about, that person may be the one that God has designed to be your helper. But you don't know. Amen. Help us. And I found out, you see, in, in Joseph's story, that Genesis, is it 37, 17? 37, 17. The man who helped Joseph, uh, uh, was it, yeah, Joseph, there was nothing attractive about the man. 37, 17. 17. Okay, thank you. Now, the story goes that Jacob sent his son, Joseph, to go and check on his brothers. And when he got to a certain point in his life, he was lost. He didn't know what to do, what way to go, what path to be on. But heaven sent the helper. He says, he asked him, he met a man, and the man said, let's go to 16. Let's see the, the, the fuller story. So he said, I am seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. And I'll tell you what, that man is very important. 17, and the man said, they have departed from here. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Hallelujah. Now, Joseph had like a plane to catch. 
because the Ishmaelites were coming. And at the, there was a specific time they were supposed to come. Now, if Joseph had turned around and gone back, those Ishmaelites would have come and they would have gone. And Joseph would not have been put in a pit, would not have been sold unto the Ishmaelites, would not have gotten to Egypt. And guess what would have happened to his family and the whole world at the time? Because there was great famine. Hallelujah. And God brought a wisdom or revelation to Pharaoh. But who was going to interpret the dream for Pharaoh? Hallelujah. So that man plays a very key role in the life of Israel. You don't see it. You don't think about it. But he played a key role. Because if he hadn't directed Joseph, he would have gone back. And who knows what would have happened. Hallelujah. And now the Bible says when he go further down that the whole world came to Joseph to come and buy food. So it means that the whole world was preserved because of Joseph. Including Abraham's line, which the Christ was supposed to come from. Hallelujah. Destiny helpers. Sometimes they are the least people that you respect. Amen. They are the least people that you care about, you think about. But they are there. Hallelujah. So you have to be sensitive. You have to know how to treat everyone in your life. Amen. No matter who the person is. Even if you think the person is your enemy, you still have to be careful. Hallelujah. Because you don't know what God can accomplish through that person. Praise God. And the last one about purpose. We will give account of how well we fulfill it. Let's go to Revelations 14, 13. We will give account. Amen. So discovering your purpose is so important. Because we know that for the believer, we go to the judgment seat of Christ. Where we give account of the things that we have done in the flesh. The purpose that we have fulfilled. Amen. It says, then I heard a voice in, from heaven saying to me, write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works, it follows them. Hallelujah. So, how well you fulfill your purpose is going to follow you. Someday you are going to stand before God and it's going to ask you that, my daughter, I sent you onto the earth to become an accountant. What are you doing with the business? Now you say you're a businesswoman. Hallelujah. There's a story. I said it was a conversation I believe I was having with the Holy Spirit a while back. That put the fear of God in me and made me very, 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 very careful about everything that I do. And this was, I think, after I finished college. And I was praying. And the Lord was asking me questions. And one of the things, he, 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 it was like a conversation. So he asked me a question that, if I send you to this man's house, let's say Mr. John, and Mr. John is married, and Mr. John has five children, and I send you to Mr. John's house, and I say, go and win Mr. John to Christ for me. And you get to Mr. John's house, and you preach to the wife, the wife gets saved, baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
You preach the five children, they are saved, and they get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you come back. He asked me, have you fulfilled my purpose? I said, but I've done a lot of work. <laughs> Hallelujah. A lot of work. Souls. Six souls have been won. That's against one. Hallelujah. Then he says, as you look at only one side. But if you can see the whole picture, you will see that Mr. John is the head of the family. If he becomes saved, the whole family automatically will be saved. And not only that, Mr. John will be able to influence his extended family for all of them to be saved. And which can cause a ripple chain for many people to come to know. But you haven't obeyed because I sent you to go and win Mr. John for me. Hallelujah. When I heard that, I said, my goodness, I have to be careful. Amen. It pertains every aspect of our lives, whatever we do in the house of God, in the kingdom of God. You have to make sure you are doing it unto God. Make sure you are doing what the Lord has called you to do. So I'm not in a hurry to please anyone or to do anything. When it comes to God's work, mm -hmm. hallelujah. Because if you are going to give account, you have to be careful. And the scriptures show that apostles and teachers and pastors and prophets will be judged a harsher judgment than the whole of the world. So sometimes I'm even afraid to preach. I'm being honest. Amen. Because you have to make sure that you say that which the Lord wants you to say. Because every word you give account of it. Hallelujah. So purpose is so important as it defines us. Let's see just three things about how to fulfill that purpose. Or how do we discover that purpose? And the first one I put here is follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 30, 21. The Lord appeared unto Isaac and said, do not go. And Isaac followed the voice of the Lord. The Bible says he obeyed. Hallelujah. And because of that, he walked in God's purposes. So Isaiah 30, 21. When you go, it says, you hear a voice behind you saying that this is the way. It says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it whenever you turn to the right or to the, or whenever you turn to the left. Hallelujah. We must hear the voice of the spirit. Else we are in trouble. Amen. I don't want to say more because of time. The second one is that you must do what the word of God says. Psalm 119 verse 105. You must follow the voice of God. But you must do what the word of God says. Amen. Is it there Psalm 119 verse 105? It says, your word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's very difficult to find a believer who follows God's voice or who fulfills his purpose, who is disobedient to what the word says. It's very rare. I think it's impossible. Hallelujah. That you are a servant of God and you don't pay your tithes. That's, that's dangerous. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or you are a servant of God and you live anyhow. 
It's not possible. Amen. Because the word of God has been given to us to serve as boundary for us according to how we should live. And so without the word, we have no boundaries. We live anyhow. And that is why Genesis chapter 26, verse, um, sorry, let me look for it. Where is that? God gave a testimony of Abraham. He says, five, verse five. He says, he says, because that Abraham obeyed my voice. He didn't end there. You see, he says, and he kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So it's not only following the voice of the Holy Ghost to go here and go where and go. No, not only that. That's important. You find your purpose where you must be. But when you get there, make sure you do what the word says. Because else you will not be able to fulfill what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. And the third one is you must build capacity. Hallelujah. Let's go to Luke chapter 2 verse 46. A very interesting scripture about the Lord Jesus Christ. You must build capacity. You must have not only have intimate relationship with the Lord, not only must you be knowledgeable about the word, but wherever God has positioned, when you find it, you must make sure that you know everything that is to be known there. Hallelujah. The Bible says, now, so it was that after three days they found him, this is Jesus, in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, doing what? Both listening to them and asking them questions. Hallelujah. Jesus was building capacity. Jesus was gaining knowledge. Hallelujah. And so to fulfill your purpose, you must build capacity. Hallelujah. You must endeavor that you are not ignorant of whatever God has called you to do. Many believers today are so ignorant of what is even going on in the world. That level of ignorance has been extended even to what is found in the scriptures. And so they get easily deceived. Hallelujah. Be knowledgeable. Hallelujah. Whatever area he has called you, make sure you excel. Because as you excel in that place, you don't know what God can do with that. Wherever you work, don't restrict yourself to only the thing that you do there. Build capacity. Hallelujah. If you have to go to school to gain more knowledge, go to school to gain more knowledge in that area. So that you can be more useful in God's hands. The Bible says that if the axe is sharp, you know, less effort is applied. So in fulfilling our purpose, if we are more knowledgeable, if we are excellent in whatever we have been called to do, it's so easy for God to do what he wants to do with us. But if not, we become like a blunt axe that he has to hit. He has to hit. He has to hit. Hallelujah. If you are not careful, God will bring someone else to do it. Amen. So I brought my message to an end. Praise God. Shall we be on our feet?